Oh. Byron, if you talk during the intro, then the intro is completely ruined. You know, and then you get me talking during the intro, and then people don't get their normal, you know, thing that I do when I do the thing that we do at the beginning of the show. I want to spice people it up. People like, you know, regularity, and they like familiarity. They like to feel like like the show is coming to them the way that they like it delivered. It's like, you know, if you got Dunkin' Donuts and they were in a blue box instead of like that orange box, it would totally screw everything up. I like Dunkin' oh, Donuts. Damn it, Byron, you made me screw this up. Ugh. You should make the oh, intro like pre-recorded so you don't screw it up every week. Well, just let me do the intro now, damn it, since you messed me all up. Welcome to another edition of Mass Mats and Ma'am. I am your host, Justin Harvey. You can find me on Twitter at JustinHarvey75. You can find the entire show on Twitter at MMMShow75. And that's my co-host that made me ruin the intro right over there. Say hi, Mil Muertes. What's up? I'm Mil Muertes, and I'm the baddest luchador in the world. Also, find me at Byron Fever on Twitter. Um, that guy, oh no, find my friend. He's a good friend of mine at Byron Fever on Twitter and Instagram. He's a good friend and you should trust him with your money and friendship. You need to, uh, your, your, Matt, your face is slightly off to just, I can't tell. I keep, uh, you need to go to your left a little, just a, like a centimeter. To, no, not your face, the mask, like a centimeter to the left. Just like, oh yeah, right. Oh yeah. Let me see that. You have to do it, girl. Er, Katrina, uh, that's you're a good friend of mine too. You should follow. Yeah, that's better. I don't know. Maybe the mat. Maybe your face is crooked. I don't think it's the mask. The mask looks very symmetrical. The mask is awesome. I've had a long day, so anything could have happened to me today. Um, I will say this: um, I have murdered Puma, and I keep him in a box, and nothing can go wrong. <laughs> yeah. I, I you you think that don't you? But apparently you don't watch the vignettes. The, just the vignettes. Just because I come back from the dead every time, and so did King Cuerno. But that doesn't mean that Puma will also come back from the dead. Yeah, DJ's sticking to his word on that. Um, sometimes you're dead, in Lucha Underground, and then sometimes you're dead, dead in Lucha Underground, and then sometimes you're not really dead when you're dead in Lucha Underground. Yeah. Sometimes you're Dago. Daga. <laughs> Sometimes you're what? Sometimes you're Dago. Sorrow might send you a package, man. <laughs> I don't know why you're making that connection with him. Unless you're being racist. Hey, I didn't say it. You did. Speaking of which, thank you to um, everyone who got shirts. They are starting to roll in. I am not, however, wearing my shirt today. I am wearing my cross cult shirt today. I am Hell yeah. representing... Um, and I, I, I will play this Kevin Cross promo for you in a minute if this uh, phone thing works out because he cut the most awesome promo upon winning his latest championship because the dude just likes to rack up belts. He's like the Conor McGregor of indie, indie wrestling. He just collects belts. He's the belt collector. He didn't collects he get belts on, like Pentagon collects arms. Didn't he get on a plane so he could take someone's belt that was further away than Vegas? Like He was running Vegas forever, right? Yeah, I mean, dude, there's no stopping the dude now. He's just going to start running over people. And I know, uh, 
let's see, on the 10th, that's this weekend, right? Is that this weekend? He's going to yes. be in San Diego uh, down there in FCW doing something for Gus. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's going to be huge. Yeah, I really wanted to get down there, but I don't think I'm going to be able to make it. Um, he said he would even do a little bit for the show if I got down there, but I don't think I can make it down there. Uh, yeah, it stinks, man. But uh, yeah, definitely if you're in the San Diego area, um, always check out FCW uh, regardless of who's there. But the the card this time looks pretty sick. And uh, like we said, Cross is going to be down there. So check it out, all the, the who's who. And especially since Lucha is not running right now, you know – all yeah. a lot of your favorite lucha people will be there lucha underground people will be there you got to um, see kevin cross wrestle i mean we've seen it we've seen him live and I would he doesn't say, really wrestle so much as he he simulates murder on yeah people. he does the thing where he picks someone up and then drops them on their head yeah and i mean um you know breaking kayfabe he's pretty safe worker but at the same time the stuff that he does just looks brutal i mean he looks like he's freaking murdering people's faces constantly i will say this matt hardy is probably one of the hottest names in professional wrestling right now and i saw him murder him in a cage match so i I mean uh, he unified that fsw title because matt was the interim champ then too he basically he took a belt off of matt hardy yeah that's that's a big deal not even Jeff can do that. I don't know. Mm. I don't follow TNA. I'm eating a little chicken parm here because the mmm show is delicious. Nice. I had a smoothie and a, and a wrap for dinner. So I'm hungry. Mm. I'm Byron, do you know man. what the name of the episode was tonight? Yes. What was it? Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> that's a fail i ask you what the name it's the bulls of boyle heights yeah I don't know what the number is on this episode um but i'm gonna talk about it anyway i'm gonna talk about it like i know the the numbers no it was really it's, good what, 12, it's 13? the bulls of boyle heights because of the tournament they should have called it cobra moon because um yes and i and I was a little salty that there weren't more retweets coming from the official Lucha Underground handle about the Cobra Moon segment. They were still hyping the Sexy Star segment and the and who um, the the one Luchadora who used to be who was I think she was champ. Oh yeah, she was. It's hard to remember. It was so fast. It came and went so fast. It's hard to remember if she was champion. Yeah. Uh being that I'm Il Mortez. I don't remember, and I will categorically deny any championship run that begins by beating me, if that's even possible. <laughs> so you're gonna go. You're gonna be in uh, Case Fabe all night as as Mil Muertes. Watch this. Uh, you can't tell the difference. Not at all. Not even. Remotely. Uh, well, we'll talk the- about your match in a little bit. Um, the show started off. With uh, in full accent, our boy Angelico, um, who semi made his triumphant return. <laughs> uh, he has a sweet accent, but I feel like the first three words or four words that he said, where he's like, I want my match tonight, that sounded really weird to me. I feel like Casey would have a lot to say about that. 
Well, it's, I mean, it's because it's like that, that weird Dutch Afrikaners kind of voice, right? Accent. Yeah. Like I don't, it's not an accent you hear a lot. You know, last time you think you heard it even in a movie was like a bad Matt Damon version of it or something. You know, oh, like when he's doing one of those ones where he's from Boston. <laughs> what? Well, isn't he actually from Boston? Yeah. Okay. So that one is the not fake one because that one's horrible too. Yeah, no, but he but he doesn't sound like he's from Boston anymore. So he and Boston? he and Ben Affleck have to be like to park the car from Harvard Yard. Yard. Park the car down the street in the yard. You spend a lot of time in Boston. You kind of go into like my my dad's people are all from Maine, so I can't quite do the Boston thing, but we do have a little of the New England accent. I was doing um, a little bit. I lived in Revere, and I would pick a little bit of Revere up. I'd also hang out in Lynn. Um, I didn't hang out too much in the proper city, but yeah, you know, I miss Boston. I don't miss, miss hanging out in. I don't miss Revere. Why not? Because it sucks. Revere sucks, man. Like the night before I moved out there for a job, I told someone from Boston I was going to Boston. Like, oh yeah, and I'm like, yeah, it's some place called Revere. And then I got the face where you immediately learn you shouldn't move somewhere. <laughs> oh, that's that's the face you get. You just kind of like, uh. Yeah. Gotcha. Like, Revere sounds like, anyways. Anyway, enough about Angelico's Boston accent. I don't know how we got there. Good good Angelico hunting. Name of the episode. Yeah. And to answer your question. Uh morning lads in the uh chat there. I see uh there's um this dude, I think he does a podcast. I don't know. It's like uh you are Ban Hiriti. 187 something you are i think he's trying to say you are banned i don't know what his name is um he's then talking about pasta oh, Meef is in the I house like what's up Meef? it's got to be like the middle of the night in Meef's neck of the woods hey Meef, i hope you bought at least five mmm show shirts or you're banned from the chat oh 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 what's up jay jay's in there too who's jay Budson. oh jay yeah i've heard of him um all right so back to angelico uh angelico is cracking me up in this segment i'm gonna tell you why he's complaining about the the safety of the work environment at lucha underground yeah yeah i'm pretty sure this is the same fool that has taken it upon himself to jump off the top of some things uh that didn't need to be jumped off of like, how are you going to complain about your the safety of your work environment when you're the guy doing that dumb shit? Yeah, it's like, it's like, hey, man, I don't know. I don't know. I had a <laughs> long day. Your, My brain stopped. You lost your train of thought there. What happened? No, it's, no, I just, I was like, I agree with this. I agree with this. But then when I was trying to think of something else to say, I was like, it's just the same thing. <laughs> but I do, I do think it was funny how Dario's just like, well, you know, so what? Well, dude, Dario's the best, man. I mean, any scene that Dario's in, I was actually a little surprised that uh, 
you know, Dario got his, his hands touched this episode. Like, people be touching on the boss. Better be careful. Did Angelico, like, put him in some kind of pain or did Angelico give him an embrace? I, I don't know. Again, foreigners with their weird embraces and, you know, cheek smooches and accents and stuff, I don't understand them. It's a South African custom. I'm all about Marka. That's all I know about is Marka. Mm, I'm going to move in with Meatloaf soon. Why are you leaving the country? I just don't want to. I just don't want a country that's run by WWE. You know. Oh, I heard Linda McMahon pulled herself a nice little little jobby job, helping on the transition team. She's on the small business thing, from what I read, which I could be hundred percent wrong. Small business. It's 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 a nice little small business that she runs. Do you know how many weeks in a row they've been on TV? All of them. They've been on all of the weeks. The, the number one <laughs> continuous original programming, whatever they say over and over again. It's cool. Yeah, they, just, they've been on forever. I just, I'm just really happy to be white. You know? <laughs> yeah, the rest of us are all taking our chances. Good luck. Um, Anyways. I'm not worried. I'm just telling you. I'm not worried. I ain't scared. We're going to be fine. We'll be fine. I swear. Look, in any country where Sexy Star can be a champion, I feel safe. I feel fine. Mm, J-Man was telling me she wasn't retired, but I don't know why she's an undefeated boxer if she's not retired in wrestling. You can do more than one thing. Maybe she's multitasking. I haven't seen Sexy Star on a card since she retired, except for Lucha. Well... I, I don't think I don't think she's out trying to uh, you know roll through the indies to make a bunch of money on the the local scene or anything, um, and I certainly don't think she's chomping at the bit to go and do anything for AAA. So, I mean, you know, come February March whenever they actually start rolling at the temple again, I think is going to tell us yeah. a lot about the future of Sexy Star one way or the other. I think um, I, I don't think, think she's in bad standings with Lucha Underground though. I think that they. They can legally use the name. I think that they have their own contracts in place to use the name. Um, I think if she wants to come and perform there, she's more than welcome. I don't think she burned any bridges there except for maybe whoever is on the LLC from AAA. But at the same time, um, you know, I don't think that they're going to balk at her showing up and cost MGM money or themselves money. If she's a star that they can push, they're going to push her. And if she's got beef with AAA, then she's going to have her beef with AAA separately i don't think i don't think they're going to cross over because of the level she's at and and i think it'll probably be the kind of the same story for for phoenix as well now don't get me wrong overall in the long term they might be building some heat but we'll we'll see if if it works out for them the right way or not yeah i just i just realized the solution to my problem of talking to the youtube feed of you instead of the actual web feed (laughs) <laughs> I'm going to just paste this window over YouTube so I can see you in the comments. Cause <laughs> it's hard to talk to you 30 seconds ago. You're a genius. Yeah. Uh, no, but I think Lucha has to hold on to sexy star in the complete, um, you know, entirety of her character and story and, and performer. 
because it would set a precedent which would have immediate effect on Phoenix, who if you're going to lose one of them, that's something. But if you start by losing both of them and perhaps more than that's you just MGM's lawyers are going to have are going to have something to say about it more than well, I, I don't even know if they have to have anything to say about it from from the way I understand it is that the usage licenses are in place for Lucha Underground to be able to use that talent, those gimmicks, how they see fit um, with creative control for a certain amount of time. And that's that. There, there's no there there's nothing to be done about it if anybody wants to do something legally about it they'd have to come after lucha underground lucha underground does doesn't even i don't even think they have to pursue it in any way um from the way i understand it, they're fine like they're in the clear with everybody that they have signed right now and they know the end dates of when those usage licenses are expired and then at that point you know as they're getting closer to those usage licenses they could probably give the people up but it doesn't sound like anybody over there is too worried about any of the issues that they could possibly have, you know, talent-wise, which means they're, they're not issues. Plus, I think they have plenty of people to choose from to fill those slots, you know, and, and, and they've had to in the past, too, just from injuries or other stuff or people's work visas and trying to get in and out of the country. Like, I think they're, I think Lucha is fully prepared for whatever they have to do to make sure that the roster is staffed appropriately. Now, personally, uh, being a fan of the Lucha Libre style, I don't want to see it go too much to being some televised super indie all of a sudden where there's no masked characters anymore. There's no Technicos and Rudos. There's no Lucha Libre feel. You know, I want to see that feel stay with it. But at the same time, I love a lot of the guys in the indie scene too. And I, I'm, I'm not mad when guys like, you know, Dante Fox or Jeremiah show up or, you know. Yeah any of those people so at the same time like i just don't want to see it be all that like yeah i'd like to i'd like it to stay yeah like you i'd like it to stay as it kind of was in season two like you don't want it to be that whole lucha that whole indie style you want i like the lucha flavor of it i like that sort of americanized lucha style yeah and i hope it doesn't cost some of the other performers that are in you know triple a like, I'd love to see Australian Suicide get a chance maybe in, in, you know, a couple of matches in Lucha Underground. There's a few other guys that I'd love to see, you know, do a spot or two. Um, and some of them have had great success coming in, like Tejano. I mean, he's he's a Lucha Underground star and a AAA star, and there seems to be no problem between the two things. And, you know, his persona, he he's definitely him both places, but there's definitely differences in, as in the presentation on both sides too. You know, you can't deny Tejano. He is in a class of his own. There's too much sex appeal there that you just, you can't limit anything that he does. And that's just what the people say. I'm not going off of what Casey thinks. <laughs> right. You're one of those believers in sexano. What? What? No, I, I, I'm not deciding between Tejano or Cage yet because I want to see who, who wins that opportunity before I pick a side. I don't want to accidentally have some angry demon soul mad at me. You nah, know? That's probably wise. Um, speaking of Tejano, so Angelico wants Mundo. Dario says it's not going to happen that way, but he does have a chance with this Battle of the Bulls. Um, Dario once again coming up with something new. Dario slash Krista Joseph <laughs> coming up with another awesome gimmick. 
Um, what do you think of this Battle of the Bulls concept, kind of a, a round-robin tournament deal? I think it's awesome. I think there's a lot of talented um, luchadors in Lucha Underground, and one of the strengths of Lucha Libre and the first season of Lucha Underground were, were there like six-man tags, the six-person tags. Just basically a lot of their matches where they have as many luchadors in or around the ring competing as possible. So this tournament where they just put four luchadors in the ring instead of doing several brackets, I think is awesome. I think it's the best presentation of everyone involved. Yeah, and just it's a lot of in there and start letting them duke it out. That's what they're there for, right? Yeah, and hey, speaking of uh, turning into a super indie, uh, props to the king of Reseda, Joey Ryan, uh, having a really strong showing. You call that strong? It was really strong for him. He didn't even have to do any like dick moves to get a pop. Well, and and that's you know we've I've seen him do some of those, but I think it was all in dark matches at Lucha yeah. Underground. I don't think they've ever written that into an actual match for him. Um, though from where his storyline was going backstage, maybe they could at this point. Sorry, I'm just catching up on my my tweeters. We're getting tweeted. No, I was just old tweeters. I'm slow. He had a really awesome. Sorry, he had a really awesome uh, top rope um, swinging neckbreaker that I've never seen before. I, Urban, you don't read enough books. How am I speaking a foreign language to you? Urban thinks that I'm is my uh, racist. Am I speaking in in the wrong dialect tone? Am I using big words again? I have a problem with that sometimes. I tend to uh, pontificate. Um, so uh, anyway, the first match is Tejano, Cage, the infamous Joey Ryan, King of Reseda Nuts, and Bien, 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 Bien. Yeah. Wagner. I love any time Dr. Wagner's in the ring for several reasons. A, Famous B. Famous. B, Melissa's going to get interrupted by Famous B. Um, C, Brenda, because she's hilarious. Um, she's getting better all the time, and I think it's funny, too. It, it's great because she has such a small part, but a, as an act actor, she has really learned where to put in those Brenda spots. Um and she's and she gets the timing of them right too live, you know. And sometimes you don't really see it because she's off, and there's just a kind of a camera on her, and she just does her spot real quick. But they're always hilarious, and they're always right on, and they kind of bring, you know, fun back into it. Wrestling's supposed to be fun. It's supposed to be an enjoying, enjoyable, and entertaining. And she's definitely entertaining. And of course, Doctor Wagner. And oh, I every time this guy is on an episode, this old man can wrestle. <laughs> like he's a million years old he's a million uh, years old i'm and not too familiar with his matches but in this match he seemed like the youngest more ag- agile fastest one hitting just as hard but he's he was running circles around everyone else the dude's on it it's in it's, it's the same way in triple a but i mean it's like i i keep expecting him to lose a step or slow down or phone it in a little bit you know and hey, look he's not picking the, the craziest spots he's not trying to you know be Rob Van Dam circa 1998 or anything, but you know, 
the same time, what he does, I have to pop for it every time. The dude is sick. The dude's ridiculous. And, and you know, it helps having him in a four-way match like this where he can get in there and bang out his spots and not be gassed at all. But, dude, I, I just always constantly impressed because I keep thinking he should be at the tail end of his career and he doesn't look like that at all. No way. I also... Um... Uh, what, what was I going to say? Oh, I loved how, uh, famous was, was, uh, pulling for Dr. Wagner Jr. to recover from some move. And he was just going, doctor, doctor, come on, doctor, get up, doctor. Like that's his first name. Cause I like to call famous be famous. Like that's his first name. Uh, I liked his, uh, his camera mic shoot on cage. And <laughs> so that was cage and his level of intelligence. Famous B follows Cage on social media. <laughs> Just that's all I'm going to say about it, and that's all I have to say about that. <laughs> um, so the end of this match, you know, we've had a feud going with Cage and Tejano this whole season, um, and neither of them has gotten their reward from Dario yet. Um, but Cage used Tejano's rope to go over at the end of this match. That was rude. Yeah. Tejano, Tejano might have something to say to Cage about that. Yeah, man. You steal another man's gimmick to, to go over on him? That's, that's kind of messed up. Yeah. I don't, have, I don't have anything to say about what Tejano or could have done to steal a gimmick from Cage. Well, I think the good news for us is that the next time we see these two lock it up, Tejano is going to have some very flavorful, colorful language uh, in Spanish, I think, for the audience. <laughs> I love it when Tejano curses in Spanish. It's, it's great. I think it the, the only one better might be Phoenix. Yeah. I remember, I think it was season one, Tejano told Blue Demon Jr. that he was going to split him in half. Whatever that means. <laughs> I, yeah. Kind of I don't know. Out. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I think that was the inference. I think the more direct translation was that he was going to fuck him in half. Not being too crass, but I... Well, that's in, that's the interpretation. Yeah. In the temple, that's most where everything sort of ends up. Um, Sexy star. Oh, she, yes. She had some demands of her own this evening. Um... Gibbon, she's a former champion, deserving of a rematch. And uh, she, wants, she wants another shot at, at Johnny Mundo. That makes sense, right? Yeah, you get your rematch. She has a score to settle. I mean, this looks like it's a full-on feud. Now, is this crazy to you still? I mean, we're a couple weeks removed from the, the title shot thing here or, or winning the title. Is it, is it strange to you that um, five foot two female luchadora is in a feud with a former, you know, belt winner WWE champion, you know, in Lucha Underground? Uh, I mean... I think in Lucha Underground, um, everyone is given a fair shot at this point. I think that um, 
you can't you don't necessarily have to judge someone based on their appearance i think based on the in-ring performances uh sexy star does not really stack up one-on-one -on -one against a lot of people but johnny mundo is someone who is physically impressive yet not physically overbearing which pairs him up with sexy star it makes him more versatile um but also it all makes him better as a champion as a heel because it's just you don't ever you don't ever think that he should beat the other person and then when he does you get mad at him about it but it's just you have to you need the rematch you need to follow the story through to the rematch well see here you know i've had time to think about this and i've had time to gestate on it and kind of look back over wrestling and even look at current wrestling i mean i think about you know there's a there was a considerable amount of backlash to sexy star being the champion and there was a considerable amount of people who are really happy about it and then there was a bunch of people who were really mad that she got it and then lost it immediately the next week my thought was this i look at it almost like the james ellsworth thing that they're doing right now or or what if famous b was champion like let's take the gender thing out of it and yeah. let's make somebody the champion that you don't think is necessarily worthy of it that might not be the best in-ring performer like look famous b is great but he's not the best wrestler there like if you put him and ricochet side by side who would you say is the better wrestler but yeah. does the better wrestler always need to be the champion that certainly hasn't necessarily historically been the case i mean hulk hogan he wasn't yeah. the best wrestler in wwe at the time but in a way, in a way, Hulk Hogan was because he got the crowd. He Correct. basically got the crowd to pay for the seat to watch his match. And Sexy Star delivers on that to an extent. But I just, I kind of, uh, I didn't like her match tonight. I've liked some matches and I didn't like the match tonight. But I think that, I agree with your point, she is a big enough of a star and that's the thing. I mean, it's it's the writers' jobs, it's the bookers' jobs to make stars and to make you like stars to a certain extent. Just like, you know, casting Hasselhoff on Knight Rider. Was he the best guy at driving a a 1981 Firebird? Probably not, but yet he's Michael uh, Knight. You know, and and the the suspension of disbelief thing I am starting to feel this weird sexism thing about it because it's like, why did Sexy Star take more shit than James Ellsworth getting a title shot now? You know, but he's I, in a title program right now. Are people mad about it? No, but, they're loving it. They're eating it up. Some people are mad about it, but I think that I think it's you know it's a little different. I think the Ellsworth thing is like he's kind of a prop to help get Ambrose and Styles over because they don't have like a third main eventer to challenge for the title on SmackDown. So he gets to have fun and he gets to win sort of, and it's an entertaining thing, but he's not representing the brand. Whereas sexy star is hell. Yeah. He's representing the brand. They're selling merch left and right. Well, I mean, yeah, you <laughs> I'm should still, I'm sorry. We we're talking. I was prepared to talk Lucha underground. I wasn't prepared to talk merch. Oh my God. You're always prepared to talk about WWE. Who are you kidding? No merch. Network. Oh, merch. Well, you know what I'm saying. I'm just look. It's all. It's all extension of the product. You know? I can't. I can't watch the network, dude. My hotel censors it because of swimsuits. Oh, like, I'm telling you, it's the Mickey James connection. 
If she no. had ever done those pictures, man, your hotel would not be blocking you from getting WWE. I bet you would have gotten it two weeks ago, and then she came back on NXT, and now you're blocked because they think she's a porn star. Hmm. <laughs> I hope not. Look, I don't understand why your hotel is censoring your internet anyway, let alone WWE of all things. Like, come on. I think I figured it out. Like, I'm in a nice room right now. I'm happy with where I'm at right now. Uh, I'm in a suite. And something's just got to be wrong with your life in general. I'm in a a suite that overlooks the ocean. I don't know if you can see what that is, but that's a door to a balcony. That's a door to the ocean. But the door, the balcony is Oceanside. And also, my bedroom has a door to the balcony. It's very nice if I were home. So what did you figure out? You're not getting to the point. What's the point? So I figured out I was in a crappy room for one night and the walls are paper thin. And so you want to discourage certain behavior or else you're going to have hotel guests who are... They think that idiots are going to be trying to F you each other on the, the beds or something. They're going to be trying to, you know... No, it's like you're just watching porn super loud in a hotel room, just doing what you do when you watch Oh, I thought you were talking about why they were trying to discourage them from watching WWE, because they're going to, like, fake elbow each other and drop elbows on each other in the the hotel room? No, I think they... They're trying to... They're trying to reduce all masturbatory exercises at this beachfront hotel resort. Why is Smashly busy liking old tweets of mine from two hours ago instead of listening to the show? What is going on here? I don't know, but congratulations to Smashley and J-Man on their new house that they got a month or so ago. It's awesome. I heard it's in the middle of nowhere, though. Like, even a Sharknado couldn't get them there. It's so far in the middle of nowhere that... um, That J-Man can't even come by and say hi on the show because he's got no freaking internet. They don't have internet, and last time I was hanging out there shooting this promo with him in Urban, that Urban is editing... um, the whole time there was a neighbor shooting guns nonstop, just pop, pop, and sometimes pop, 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 pop. And then it was happening long enough that another neighbor, which is probably 10 miles across the town, was like, hey, man, and then would fire his gun in, like, in unison. So it's like pop, and you hear pop, or like a pop, pop. And then the other dude would be like, pop, pop. And like, this is <laughs> hilarious. This is Look, I want to finish up this other shit. topic. I, I want to finish up this other topic. So you're Good telling night. me in your hotel room that you can't get either five knuckle shuffle going on? Is that what you're really saying to me? What? You can't get dirty movies or wrestling. No, you just, you could Google dirty movies, but I can't get wrestling. That's messed up. That's messed up. I'm no, but I get Lucha. I get Lucha Underground. I just don't get Donald Trump's Wrestling Network. So I guess maybe this is my kind of hotel. Just because Linda McMahon is working for him doesn't mean the whole WWE is in his pocket. I'm sure there are four Democrats that work for WWE. Maybe only four. Anyway, um, so you didn't you, you didn't really dig the match tonight. You, now, I, I, is that because is that because they didn't do what they normally do with Sexy Star? Like, PJ didn't carry her as well, you think? Or is that because she didn't sell as well or as good? You know, I why, think, why didn't you dig it this time? Uh, I mean, I don't think they worked together. I think just the result of the match was Sexy Star looked really bad. And she looked way, way behind um, PJ, and it looked like PJ was slowing down way too much. And I think that 
is uh that's a combination of both of their efforts but that's when she looks that bad then they failed as as a pair see a i i almost got the feeling that it was on pj um yeah well, i felt he, like i felt like maybe he saw the booking and found out he had to put her over and was pissed and kind of phoned it in in the second half of the match like i thought they started off fine and I, I didn't. I felt like she was actually amping it up more than normal towards the end of the match. And I felt like he was the one kind of dragging it and phoning it in towards the end. Well, I think I think his, like Johnny Mundo is at the peak of his career, and he could go. He could do high flying, fast stuff, and work crisp and strong, and do a variety of things. And so, when he works with Sexy Star, he can work at a pace that she can. So yeah, well, it was also look- clearly worth it for him to put her over a little bit because now he's wearing her belt. Yeah, so but like it's a little bit easier for him to take that booking than maybe PJ who's just got to go do some job to her and then set her up for some bigger storyline with with Mundo. I mean, he's getting nothing out of it. I think it's also fair to say, well, I don't I mean, I've met him once and he seemed like a nice guy, so I don't know. I mean, that's also fair to say that, you know, sometimes people don't want to do things like that. But um yeah, I mean, look, dude, how you get booked, don't don't tell me it doesn't affect your psyche, dude. If it's like, and yeah. I, don't, I don't blame anyone for being a little ticked about their booking. And I mean, you you know what people say about Sexy Star. If he's a worker in the back, he may not be thrilled to have to put her over ever. You never but, know. I'm not saying that's what's going on. I'm just saying that that's, that's what it seemed like to me. Yeah. I I I, could, I bet he was I bet he could have been frustrated. I you know I could see stuff like that, but also like I think that he is still trying to get over, like solidified as being over. He's done some cool stuff, but what really gets people's attention is that fast-paced, high-flying style where he goes balls out and does super crazy stuff. And sexy can't base for him. Sexy can't run as fast as him, or move as or like pace a match as fast as him. And so if you take away that one element, then, then he doesn't have much left. Well, I look, think. I hope one of these days that Willie Mack turns on her or vice versa because I want to see Sexy Star versus the Mac. I think those two would be fire. I think they would seriously light it up. Because I think they're comfortable with each other too and I think that they would sell each other and I think it would be crazy seeing Mac selling moves from Sexy Star. Like, I, think, I just think it would be awesome to see those two work against each other like in a in a three or four match feud. The Mac, I don't think, can have a bad match. He can move as fast as anyone, and if he needs to slow down, he can just go ringside and drink some beers and stunner some fans. Like no, you know, he can have bad matches, but it's all about the booking. I mean, you have to let him get his shit in. If you don't, his matches are are boring. And, I mean, he starts to look like what people imagine that he's going to be like when just seeing him from his appearance. Um, I've seen him booked poorly before. Uh, Lucha has probably only done it once, though. I think almost every other time, Lucha has booked him very, very, very well. And I think people will be surprised to see Mac in more one-on-one situations like what he does on the indies because he's done a lot of like four-ways and tag stuff in Lucha Underground. But getting to see more of just the straight Mac one-on-one matches, like the dude can go for 20 minutes a half hour, an hour, like at, with those same moveset, like he's no joke. That dude is, is honest to God, a luchador and he's a big boy. Yeah. 
the Mac is awesome. He's one of those guys that uh, he almost done with WWE, and for whatever reason, I don't know, bad elbow or something. I mean, I'm glad he didn't though. Could uh, what kind of gimmick would they give him? They would make him. Uh, who knows? Who knows? I mean, they're like they're even treating Apollo Cruz with like more respect than normal, and he's still a whole bunch of nothing on that show. Yeah, because the the thing is, you got to go, you got to cut promos, you got to do it a certain way, you got to get in their kitschy storylines, and there's certain people's personas that just don't fit that. Like, how is Apollo Cruz ever going to fit that? He's not. He's, he's happy to be there. He just likes to have fun. I mean, the, the the best they could do is find some good angle or maybe get him a valet of some kind and, and work him up to a good intercontinental angle against somebody who can talk or somebody who can annoy the crowd with the Miz or somebody. Who knows? You know what I mean? That's the best you could do with a guy like that yeah. um, in WWE unless they're super charismatic. But honestly, half their guys at the top right now aren't even quite there yet charisma-wise. I mean, there's they're still... They got a lot of these guys that are kind of in that realm where, you know, they're they're at the top of the WWE, but they're cutting a TNA level promo. Like, I think there's too much pomp and circumstance presentation with WWE that probably they don't have a choice though. They got what six hours, seven hours? How long is the cruiserweight show? I mean, seven hours to fill a week plus pay per views like every two weeks. Good lord. But- it gets like like in Lucha Underground, they walk out to the ring without music. They get over, and they it's a lot harder, I think, for new people. Once you're over, once you've earned, you know, the adoration of the of the believers, then you know, then you have that good faith from them. But it's hard just to walk out there and be like, "All right, I'm going to do some stuff now," and <laughs> I, it makes you better, though. And I think that I don't know, whatever. It's it's tough. It's tough. I didn't right. like the match. So at the end of it, Sexy Star goes over. Um, yeah, there's by the way. communication with Jack and, and PJ. Is this done on purpose? Sexy Star rolled up Jack Evans in a prior match for the three count and still held him for another two or three counts and did the same to PJ Black tonight. Yes, I think it's very intentional. I think I think it's something that is written to show that she is winning. She's not scraping by. She's just not she's not just edging by. Like when she actually wins a match at the end, she is winning it completely. But I like it. I, I like that she earned another title shot here. Um, yeah. That she put up with their BS. She she survived the swerve. She survived the whole match with PJ, like storyline-wise. I, I like where they're going here. Yeah. I like the buildup. I like the idea of the blow-off match with her and Johnny being in a cage. Um, and then I kind of hope it fizzles after that. Like, I don't yeah. know how long the feud's going to go, but I can see that that's, that's a good ending to it. And uh, I'm guessing a lot of this stuff was shot when Taya wasn't in the country. But, man, we need some more Taya back in this whole angle. I mean, totally. Like, all we've had is that little snippet that they kind of cut in recently with her filming backstage. So she's still getting her, her airtime and she still feels like she's in the story, but she hasn't been ringside for these matches. So she was, she helped uh, Johnny Mundo win. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah. That you're right. You're right. So she was there that week, um, which is good, you know, and I want to see her more involved, especially if it's going to keep going with sexy. I want to see Taya get the rub a little bit from this whole thing too. Yeah. Um, 
and and Jack too. You know, get these guys the rub, get them in the mix, so that you know they're part of the storyline. They're they're great parts of the roster involved in this whole angle, and I hope it doesn't just focus too much on Johnny and Sexy. Um, all right, so the Cobra Moon thing. Yes, it's been, we've been we saw it at the teaser months and months and months ago. Now we finally get the actual scene: Cobra Moon on the throne. <laughs> Um, what'd you think? On the throne. <laughs> Not the Vinnie Massaro. <laughs> I thought, I mean, I thought that she has been great in all of her, um, all of her vignette performances. This was just absolutely amazing. Um, it looked so, it's so stylized. It looked like a big deal. It was a big deal. Yeah. Where the hell did they build this set? Like they got this golden throne, and you get some big wides, man. They built out a whole bunch of this set. That they, they threw some J.J. Abrams on the screen again, and uh, lens flare for me. And, and did you notice her outfit? She's like wearing this golden corset, and she's got the things wrapped up her legs, and she's got this crown on, and the new nails, and that was that was very noticeable. Uh, she looked. She called herself the queen, and she looked like she commanded that kind of respect. And it was, I cannot, I mean, I'm super stoked to see it, and um, I can't wait to see what they do next. And she has two lizard-looking motherfuckers. Yeah, one of them looks real tall, too. And the other yeah. one looks a little bit uh, Sleestack-ish, a little Land of the Lost-esque. I don't know. I don't like how the tall guy looked. I'm just going to say. The tall guy? It. Too I'm greasy? Just- a little under under fakery. Mm. I thought the tall guy looked menacing, and the other guy didn't look very menacing. I like the guy who wasn't as tall. He looked adorable. He looked adorable, huh? I don't know. No. Like, well, he's got like the the more plasticky suit or whatever. His face stuff looked good though, but I don't know. He just looked more like a little land of the lost to me. But the the big guy looks pretty imposing and scary, and he's got the gloves and the trench coat and the long hair. It's definitely an Undertaker kind of look, except he's a freaking snake. He's like the American badass taker, but at you know, like yeah. on Christmas on Halloween. The rolling, 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 rolling. What that that taker? Fred Fred Durst taker. <laughs> well, fun fact: Taker made up that character because he wanted to be able to have an option to go to WCW. Smart. Yeah, that's not, that's not stupid. <laughs> how do you how do you copyright wrestling biker gimmick? You, you don't when they go to Hog Wild every year at WCW. <laughs> it's like that's everybody's gimmick for at least one match a year. Yeah. Uh, but um, I, it was awesome. It's one of those things where it's like, oh wow, and you're getting more of that backstory, and now, and really, um, I don't know if Drago really stands a chance. This. Well, she sent these two dudes to get him and bring him back. She was talking about the history of the tribe and how these guys were powerful warriors and how it used to be the three of them, and she wants uh, the dragon back in the mix. Oh, I have, I have some breaking news. Um, yeah, break it. Mifloaf is saying that the set that they filmed at for the, the thing um, the is scene. from Dust to the scene from the show is from dusk till dawn series one huh i've been rewatching that um you might be right but wait that sets in in austin isn't it i don't think that's an la set oh maybe it is an la set actually i, I don't know in texas 
Let's see if we'll comment on the YouTube channel again and answer that. Meef, figure it out. Thank you. Buy a figure shirt. it out for us, Meef. Um, but yes, all of Dust Till Dawn, including the most recent season, is now on Netflix, by the way. And mm-hmm. I am wondering mm-hmm. when they, like, we know El Rey can do this deal for one of their shows. Can we not get this deal happening for Lucha Underground? What the F? Like, That's- clearly there's already some ties there with Netflix and Lucha Underground or and El Rey Network. Like, you know, Dust Till Dawn, I get it. It's a big property. It ties into the movie. You know, Netflix likes that kind of stuff. Is Netflix afraid of Lucha Underground? I can't believe they haven't tried to sell it to them. I don't know. I mean, I, I'm sure they've had the conversation, but I, it's maybe Dust Till Dawn doesn't, isn't worth as much as Lucha Underground or Lucha Underground's holding out for more money or maybe... Well, I've heard that Netflix doesn't feel like it's sustainable to do a live sports model there, but that to me seems even more like you would want something like Lucha Underground where it's not live, but it still gives you the feeling of having one form of, of sports programming, at least. I don't know. That's just my thought on it. I don't know. They should do something with it. Anyway, I love this segment. I thought it was awesome. Uh, props to Thunder Rosa, Cobra Moon, Mel, whatever. Yeah. She's killing the, the whole thing was, was super dope. So kudos to her. Um, and you know, it, like EV dub and DJ have said too, like when you're not doing a scene with Dario, you got a lot of work to do. I mean, she had all the dialogue there. She was the focal point of the whole scene. I mean, she was starring in the scene. And, you know, not that many people have done these. You know, Puma has done a couple of things and Vamp, but they're smaller parts. Um, you know, Katrina, this is like on a Katrina level here. So, yeah. Hopefully, uh, hopefully this keeps going the right direction. And speaking of Katrina, let's get to our last Battle of the Bulls round, uh, first round match here. Marty. Versus yeah. the Mac versus Mil Muertes versus El Dragon Azteca Jr. I want to give a shout out, by the way, uh, to Thunder Rosa over at Stardom and the Sabotage shows. If you're in Southern California, you can check Thunder Rosa, Cobra Moon out actually wrestling with a lot of the other female Lucha Underground talents. It's worth your time. Um, but uh, yeah, this next match is probably, I would say, my favorite of the four-way, four-way matches. Um. Yeah, I'm going to say it's my favorite, too, because um, Katrina came out with the suspendery thing. I don't know if this was the first time she did the full suspendery thing, um, but it seems like this outfit actually offers more coverage, but I like this outfit more than the straight black thing that she was doing last year. Yeah, I just saw some Mark named Chef Dad 2000 wearing a Lucha mask on Twitter. <laughs> What's wrong with uh, that? You're wearing true. a lucha mask on on Google or on YouTube. This is who I am. I got to be free, dude. Oh, that makes sense. Um, anyway, yeah, Katrina, straight fire. That's all I can even say about it. Straight. She's she's fire. good at what she does. I was, you know. Oh, I didn't talk about the 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 segue with uh, Dario getting his face smashed. This was another piece oh. that we we saw a little bit of this in the trailer um, at the beginning of the year, but there was a weird jump cut um, from Matanza's hand to somebody else, so you didn't really see what happened. And sure enough, man, I thought Dario was dead for a second. I was like, that can't possibly be the case. But 
dude, when his hand just kind of wrapped around the back of Dario's head and then Matanza just smacks him into the cage. So dope. And then uh, he gets the key and lets himself out, obviously. My hands went over my face when it happened. And, you know, and I was at the match when Dario ran out with his bloody towel and was so confused. <laughs> I was like, did, did I miss something? Did I go to the bathroom? Like, what? why is Dario running out with a bloody towel? Clearly, there's something going on here that I don't understand. <laughs> I was so baffled, so baffled when I saw this live. Um, but now it makes sense, you know. So in the middle of the match, Matanza runs out and um, Monster's on the loose, man. It's like the Kaiju Marathon for El Rey started early. You got, you know, Mill out there destroying people again, and here comes the monster Matanza, as Dario would say. Matanza, um, with that counter to the pizza DDT, was just amazing. Dude, I mean, this was ridiculous spots the whole time, and I don't know what Marty did before he came to the ring for this match because his chest was just red. Like, clearly this was not his first match of the day. <laughs> When this was filmed, he looked like he was a piece of hamburger. Um, but, dude, in the Mac hitting those spots and the, the um, oh, my God, that was just crazy. What was that cross-country stunner? Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't even know. It was, it was sick, though. The Mac always delivers, as far as I'm concerned. Although I saw him in one match in Vegas do a, a dive outside the ring and nearly break his neck. I wasn't cool. I wasn't happy about that. But that was, it was such a great match because you had so many guys who who deliver, but they they do different styles. And but they all all their styles worked together. And you had what was it, Marty? Like to see M- Marty just having one encounter face to face with Mil Mortis, like really puts him over. Yeah, it does, and it's like, but. It also shows you, like, I don't know what I don't know what they're doing with Marty right now, but they got to find a good, you know, top top mid card thing for Marty to do now. Like, you know, this is when it doesn't pay that there's only three belts in in Lucha Underground because, like, I feel like I want Marty in the mix for whatever mm-hmm. Gift of the Gods or the Intercontinental level belt. Like, I want to see him in some top flight program with somebody. Like the the stuff with him and Killshot was great, but now Killshot's got Dante, and I don't know that you need a third person in that thing. Yeah. Uh, but Marty guess, needs a program, man. Guess He's what good. else? What else? We forgot the cop segment. Oh, did I? Did I skip that? I sure I did. Because so, right? this match finished the show, didn't it? Yeah, we'll go back. We'll talk about Captain Hotness. You know, I always like to talk about yeah, Carmen Perez. We can't. We can't let that go unnoticed. She's a homie. She's she's. She's great, but speaking of like the whole Dario thing, like you're on an island by yourself if Dario's not in the scene with you. It's the same thing with her. She's a trained actor, actress. You know, well, yeah, does- I mean, she's hired to hold up those scenes because clearly they are, you know, driving a large part of the story. Um, let me finish talking about the match and we'll go back to that. But I think uh, the I thought that there was some heat when. The Mac slap Dragon Azteca. <laughs> I don't know what happened there, but that felt real. Like, real, real. And Azteca kind of gave Mac a look, and Mac was kind of like, yeah, what's up with it then? Like, I don't know what was going on there, or if it was just, like, he kind of just touched it in the wrong way or something. I don't know, but it looked like, you know. Yeah, 
The Mac isn't here to fuck around. That's lesson number one of the temple. It made me scared of him, that's for sure. It was like <laughs> all the power slams and flips and everything, nothing. But when he when he opened, like reached out and he reached for it too to slap him, I was like, damn, what's going on? <laughs> that shit was real. He brought the hood to his face. Who um, in the fuck is Scoobert? Who in the what is, is Hubert? Scoobert is in the chat room talking about what my hands might be doing. What I know it? what your hands are doing. We already said that he's in a five-knuckle shuffle this hotel room, though. Yeah, it's been established this hotel has a strict don't-do-that-sort-of-thing-here policy. Yeah, no sticky walls. Um, <laughs> it saves on housekeeping. <laughs> that, that's what it really is. That's what it really boils down to. It, sell, it saves on housekeeping and paper products. <laughs> First, they have to replace the tissues twice a day. They don't want. They don't want to give you a new roll in the morning. <laughs> That's terrible. Oh God. Um. So, who went over in that last match? Uh, Mac, right? Mac won, which is awesome. Good for him. All right, Good. so let's go back and talk about this uh, Captain Hotness segment. So. Ricky's cover is obviously blown, and he tells her as much. Like, um, hey, pretty sure I'm out. Like, Dario called me a rat to my face. Like, this isn't working out. And she's like, no, no, it's cool. You're going back. <laughs> I don't yeah, trust Officer Behan, and uh, you're going back anyway. <laughs> she has a mask for him. Uh, I, I feel like there could have been – I feel like we skipped a scene where we see Meehan lose her trust but perhaps the story is just focused on her and Officer Reyes. And so they just don't show that because it's not the clear path to where Well, I mean, going. I think she's, I think he's saying like, hey, somebody probably ratted me out. And she's just saying like, yeah, I think it's your partner. Screw that guy. But she brought him in. She brought the sleazy dude in. Well, but I think that maybe she thought that that was the way to, to get, into Dario is you got to fight sleaze with sleaze. Little did she know that Joey is way sleazier than Dario will ever be. Yeah. She has kids to feed. You know. So we'll see. Look, she's got half the amulet. She's in charge of this master plan to stop the end of days. So we'll see what she can do. Um, I don't know what that costume was. I was trying to look at it like, wait, have I seen somebody wrestle in this? I don't know. I don't know how this is going to work out for him. It, like, doesn't Ricky Reyes have enough distinguishing marks that you would know it was him if he came but, back as somebody else? Like, these guys know his style now, too. It's, uh, I mean, pretty much everyone, <laughs> everyone in the temple is very unique in their physicality. It's not like you have a bunch of, like, create a wrestler types it's like a six foot something jacked dude with short spiky hair or like the wrestler man bun now know. look though it it must be said that there are performers who have played up to three parts in lucha underground it can be done i don't know what you're talking about <laughs> we'll, we'll see if are Ricky you, Reyes can go that, double undercover and pull it off or not. Are you saying that Ricky Reyes is went back last week as Paul London? No, I'm not but saying the, that. 
His mask is Paul London's face. <laughs> that would be awesome if it was. And very trippy. <laughs> they wouldn't actually have to hire Paul London. They'd save money. Dude, Paul London can't be that expensive. I mean, he's good, but he ain't expensive. I don't know that anybody in Lucha is getting super rich off of it. Except maybe, I don't know. I got to feel like Mundo Puma. and Ray are getting paid pretty good. Puma. Really? You think he's getting all that? I don't think he's getting all that much. I think he, he's getting paid real well. But I don't think he's getting You think he's getting money. Mundo money? I know he's not getting Ray money, but do you think he's getting Mundo money? If he signs again, I think he does. Yeah, but not, not on his initial contract. No but way. They, but they still catered to him, and he got a special contract no one else got. His contract's up before everyone else. Well, but look, how... How big was Ricochet? No, that's not true that he's up before everyone else. Like there was, there's been people who have done one-year contracts and smaller stuff. Um, but and, they had they had shorter runs, like as far as like the people who were higher. Right. I mean, they were. Cast. He was written to be a big, sizable part of it. But I mean, how how over was Ricochet when they started filming the first season? He was way over. He was a huge name on the Indies in Japan. I mean, he, w- he was getting to be a huge name. It kind of all hit while he was filming the first season of Lucha Underground. Like, his real height of his indie popularity really hit at the same time. Like, the, the two years before that, he was still building. Like, people knew him, but... Well, I know. didn't know him at all before Lucha Underground, but I thought that he was, like, making names. Yeah, he... Making his name, like... But the PWG. same as any of these guys, you know? Like, I knew who he was, but I knew who Rich Swan was, too. Yeah, well, they were <laughs> they were a tag team. Well, you know that's what I'm saying. <laughs> and at the, you know they they were coming up still. You can't handle I mean, it was this. Only three or four years ago, but you know still. Actually, geez, it was only like two and a half years ago. Those guys you have can't. come a long way in a short amount of time. All those dudes. Swan, I saw Swan at Bola right before he signed, or I guess he had signed or something. It was like definitely hit one of his last Indies. The send off. Yeah, and. Uh, but you got to look at it like Swan now is the CWC whatever cruiserweight champion of the whole WWE. They taped the ropes of special color just for his matches. All right, speaking of guys coming up, I got to play this this Kevin Cross thing because is like the highlight of wrestling for the week to me was this promo. We'll see if my phone can do this thing. Now bear with me because I can't actually hear this while I'm playing this for you. Okay. So I'm just going to play it for you. And then you can tell me what you think of it. Um, anyway, keep talking while I find this thing, Byron. So Meef is saying he thinks that Puma got NXT money on the third season of Lucha Underground. And I will say that I think that's false because I think NXT money sucks. I think they make like 50K a year or something, which is, you know, it's not, you know, it's money, but it's also when you factor in um that you have to pay for your wardrobe all that stuff. oh it's happening in travels anyways listen to this what's up everybody it's your boy brad jones here and i have had the pleasure to be in the presence of our new Brand new modern vintage heavyweight champion. Let's just be honest here. Let's flip the scripts on you. Is it really a pleasure? Is it really a pleasure? It's a little intimidating, but it's a pleasure. Let me ask you a couple questions, and then we'll get back to your questions, because I'm 
tired of answering questions. I have a lot of questions nobody ever answers. Why do you think WrestleCade for the second year in a row did not book me for a match? I know exactly what you're going to say, and I'll say it for you. Because certain people are treated like investments, and others are not. And you got to protect those investments from the real scary people that are on the independent circuits, like me. Maybe it's because I have my own sponsorships and endorsements. Sponsorships and endorsements these shows can't even get. Is it envy? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it's a boys club. Maybe everybody's pals. I don't have any pals. I don't need pals. I have this, which goes through schools, and I have this, and I can sink anybody's ship on my worst day. Back to you. So, not to take away my thunder champ, um, how did it feel last night when you finally cashed in? Great! It felt real good. Like a massage. Like a day at the spa. Like when you run somebody over in a vehicle and get away with it. Hey, you did that to, to Jason Kincaid, a uh, former member of the Armstrong family. What, what exactly is your affiliation with Charlie Armstrong and the family? No comment. Okay, uh, you, of course, have the title now. Is it still a pleasure? It's getting a little. I got this. Yeah, we got this over here. Go ahead. Um, champ, next year, what are your aspirations? One word. Hospital. Mm. Think about the future. Yours may be looking very bleak. Are we done? You got more questions, detective? No, no, I think we're good here. We're, we're cool, right? You and I? Yeah. Man, you and I are like family. Uh, really? Yeah. We're like family. We're all real close around here. Thank, 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 thank you. Thanks. What is that? Is that a handshake? Maybe. I guess you haven't been watching our uh, regularly scheduled programming. No, no. Well, there you have it, guys. The landscape has changed in modern vintage wrestling. Out with the old, in with the new. Um, I'm just shut up. Yeah, yeah. I feel I feel bad for anybody. Uh, yeah, you can go ahead and cut it. Wow! <laughs> wow! <laughs> I'm sorry. There's so many things about that that are just absolutely hysterical to me. Oh my god! Feels like when you're driving a car and you hit somebody <laughs> and get away with it. Get away with it. Oh, dude, DJ was right. Kevin Cross cuts the best promos in the world, and that's just him. That's like not like a bunch of writers writing shit for him. That's like somebody telling him for three seconds what an angle is and him just doing work. That guy's great. He just sold a bunch of tickets right there. He's he's awesome. He, it's just the thing is the guy has the look. He looks like he can hurt people. He moves like he can hurt people because he trains and he can hurt people, and he conducts himself in a manner with the way he speaks, in a way that puts him on a level above everyone else. That just entertains me. Like, I love a promo like that as much as I love going back and watching 
AR Fox stuff from two years ago where he's, you know, jumping out of rafters and doing, you know, crazy stuff with thumbtacks. Um, I got to talk UFC, Byron. I know you hate me, but there's, there's stuff going on. There's things, things are happening. This uh, Bjorn Rebney versus Dana thing is starting to heat up now because Dana's actually made some public comments. Um, he went on the UFC Unfiltered podcast. Uh, you know, go check it out. He's on there for about the first half hour talking with Matt to Tara Sarah. You know, the only guy that can rhyme terror and Sarah. <laughs> you figure it out. Um, anyway, uh, he said uh, he called Bjorn Rebney Bjork a whole bunch of times which is funny. And he's the guy that, that used to run and own Bellator. Um, and I, I listened to Bjorn Rebney and, and what he had to say on MMM, uh, MMA hour and a couple of the shows. And he makes a lot of sense to me, but he, he does have a certain amount of vitriol towards the UFC specifically. Like he, he's, he's clearly trying to stick it to them. And that is a little bit of a problem, but I don't disagree with everything that he's saying. Um, you know, but Dana seemed a little ticked, thought that was you know, just kind of getting back to the guy saying, like, you're going to have somebody's hands in your pocket. You should ask some of the other fighters if this is the guy whose hands you really want in your pockets. And, yeah, clearly there is something to be gained. But, look, man, we live in a, a capitalist society, and you don't want people working for you if there's nothing to be gained. Like, I think Bjorn Rebney is the perfect guy to be leading this, this Fighters Association cause because a lot of fighters' problems is that they're, they're worried that they're going to catch a bunch of heat if they come out on the side of this thing. If you've got this clown talking, this guy's talking like this and saying these things, he's going to catch all the heat. He's exactly what you want. You want him to do a little sleight of hand in the media and, and in the front so that the, the guys in the back can get organized and do their thing. He's a, he's a mouthpiece. You know, he's not running the whole show necessarily, and they can easily oust him if they want to. The guy needs a paycheck, he, which is what Dana White said, you know, why is this guy doing this? Because he needs a paycheck. Yeah, and he was a focal point of MMA for a long time, so there is a logical connection there. And um, it is kind of, you know, pot kettle black, you know, pot calling the kettle black because he was a shady promoter himself that clearly screwed over some fighters, but who else would know the ins and outs of it better? I mean, he's, and he's the one saying that. So yeah, I'm not saying you have to trust the guy to hire the guy. You know, he does seem, however, like the right guy for the job right now. He's making the right noise, making the right stink in the same interview. Dana White also talks about the cyborg thing. And we've talked about this on the show before. Um, there's a lot going on with cyborg. Cyborg, unbeknownst to all of us and maybe unbeknownst to the UFC, decided after that last awful weight cut where she had her trainer putting her on birth control that made her weight balloon at the wrong time, um, the horrible cut that she went through. She got through it and the fight went fine for her, but she said she was really depressed afterwards and, and she decided to make some life changes. She said she was never going to try to do the weight cuts again um, without 12 weeks notice. Um, again, I don't know who she told these things to, but now she's saying them publicly. Um, that she wanted 12 weeks on these weight cuts and that she never wanted to go to 140 again. She would only fight 145, and that was with a 12-week uh, time frame. Mm -hmm. So, she, yeah, it makes sense that she said this stuff, right? But um, 
she's also been saying that she wants a title fight at 145 in the UFC. Everyone's been screaming for this. MMA journalists everywhere have been like, yeah, it's just fine. She can't make 135. She's still awesome. We want to see her. You could build a division around her. Let's make a 145 belt. There's women out there that can fight 145. None of them are going to beat Cyborg, but hey, uh-huh. so she's another Demetrius Johnson. Who cares? It's another person you can put on a pay-per-view or, or anchor a Fox Sports card around. They could use it. Why not? It's worth the money. So they offered her Holly Holm. They offered her 145 title, offered her Holly Holm. Um, wow. She turned it down. Like this is what she's been waiting for because it was eight weeks notice. Um, and actually it was technically longer than eight weeks notice, but um, that would be a good fight. And she would still probably like 90% win, but it, it'd still be a fight that would sell tickets. Great fight. Yeah. And then uh, sadly, Holly Holm, um, her coach, Mike Winklejohn was like, that's not a good fight and backed out of it. Oh, I think especially because of the fact that it looked like cyborg wasn't going to take it with the eight weeks notice. I think he would love to take it if he could be guaranteed the eight weeks notice, but I think Winklejohn was feeling like, no, this fight will get pushed and then Cyborg will have ample time and we'll be fighting a 100% Cyborg. Like, Winklejohn's smart. He's like, yeah, Holly will take the fight if Cyborg's all fucked up in the head and having a weight cut problem. (laughs) Um, Then we can beat her. But, you know, they're friends too, so they know each other. And, and yeah, Holly is... uh, Cyborg's a bad matchup for Holly. But Holly's on two losses right now. She was a champ and then lost twice. So she could use a big fight, and going up to 145 pounds for her would not necessarily be bad because then when Cyborg's taking all this time off, she could be the other main person in the division, you know, just racking up checks, beating up on girls, um, which would be awesome. Anyway, so they then offered her uh, Jermaine Durandamy um, for the 145-pound title, which is a great fight for Cyborg. She'll demolish her. Uh, Durandamy is a gamer, but she's not as good as Cyborg by any stretch of the imagination. Um, but she wants to fight Cyborg. She wants to fight her for her title. It'd be a big fight for her. And Cyborg turned it down again for doing it in March because it was at like 11 and a half weeks or something. Oh. Like, I don't know what she's doing, but it's like they're finally giving you what you want. They're finally giving you what we all want, and you're not taking it. What the hell? So... I don't know what Cyborg's deal is now, but it was interesting to hear Dana White kind of talk about that and then, uh, you know, listen to Cyborg's responses to that stuff as well. Um, And honestly, this is one of the times where it sounds like Dana is more in the right. Like, don't get me wrong. A fighter putting their health in jeopardy, like they don't have to do that for us. But I'm not thinking that she's doing it for us. And I think what she's losing sight of is what is she doing for herself? Like, what does this mean to her at this point? Um, and clearly after that last weight cut, she's a little messed in the head. So like her camp and her people hopefully need to get with her and really sit down and and look at what's important to her, but how to still do what's important to her, not just to protect her, but to still protect her and get her what she wants. Because it feels to me like right now she's screwing it up. Um, anyway, the fights this past weekend, Benavides versus Cejudo, uh, that fight was a draw people. I don't know what the hell fight these judges were watching. I don't know how uh, there was a dick kick in the first round. um, And then they split the second two rounds clearly to me. Like it was no doubt about it. It was just a draw. And then one of these scorecards was just ridiculous. I I just don't even know what you do about the judging in MMA at this point when you have those kind of decisions. 
it doesn't really matter because I don't know that either of these guys are qualified to fight DJ at this point anymore anyway. I mean, they are. And clearly these two guys are probably better than everybody else at 125 pounds except Dodson, but Dodson went up to 135. So you have this weird division where the parity is not there. These guys are not at the same level. There's there's Demetrius Johnson, who's at this level. Then you've got Benavidez and Cejudo, who are both right around here. And then everybody else is kind of down here, you know? And it just is what it is. Like, I don't, I don't even know what you do with that division. Um, and I don't know that in under four or five years, everyone else at 125 is going to get there. And the problem that people have to understand is... 125 is a really weird weight class. Um, and I talked to John Dodson about this probably three or four years ago. Um, actually, it was even longer than that because that was when he was on Ultimate Fire. It was probably five or six years ago now. That, like, Dodson, when he was coming up, he couldn't even find fights at 125. So he would actually try to bulk up, and he's a little tiny guy. He was taking fights at 155 a lot of times because that was the lightest weight class. Or he'd jump around from 35, 45, 55, you know, um, and all these guys are doing that. And, and now that you have a set weight class, it's weird for these guys to all kind of converge finally. And no one really knew. I mean, like a lot of people thought Dodson was going to be the champ of this division. Uh, and it was kind of made almost towards him. Like when he was on Ultimate Fighter, he was fighting TJ at a higher weight class of 35 or 45 or whatever. Um, so it's just weird. The, the weight class needs time to expand and develop, just like some of these women's weight classes did, to get more people in there, get people out there training and everything. There is somebody out there that can beat DJ. DJ will either lose a step or somebody else will come along that has his number. But he had a more thorough skill set sooner than other guys in his division. And I think Dodson is very, very close to DJ, but still just slightly behind him enough that DJ is going to, keep getting over on him hence why Dodson left the division anyway um no surprise that DJ beat Tim Elliott uh Tim Elliott is a gamer but he's one of these guys that's probably not even quite on the Benavidez and Cejudo level he's probably just below those guys um but good for him and maybe he can get himself in that top 10 top five of that division stay there maybe he even goes up to 35 I don't know um there is a card coming up this weekend there's ufc's every weekend until the end of the year as i keep saying it's uh fight night Derek lewis versus shamil abder abder come off i can't even say his name um should be an interesting card nothing major and then the week after that we've got the holloway pettis fight that we were talking about last week um i don't have much else to say about it. i think that i think i covered everything you can, yeah, you got anything I, I, else you want to talk about? You covered all the stuff I wanted to say about MMA this week. I know. I'm sorry. I just I, I just snatch it right out of your mouth sometimes. I'll go first next time. Uh, no, I think I think I'm gonna hold you to that. <laughs> um. Oh. Wait. WWE product. I the uh, the Charlotte thing like. I, I'm I'm so baffled. Like I feel like I can't believe they're bringing back the Ric Flair thing now. I know they went through North Carolina, so they wanted to to get the rub off of that and the the Charlotte, you know, rehealing, returning on her dad's raw thing. I just felt was weird. Yeah, you know, I haven't seen much WWE because of the the um censorship my hotel does, but I actually did get to see a little bit of raw. Funny enough, the only bit of um. WWE that I've seen over the past few weeks has been pretty much one continuous Sasha Charlotte match. 
Okay, it's it's pretty much been that for about four months now. Yeah, no, I, it's uh, after after their big blow off match, they're still going at it, and I just wanted something else. I mean, I think Sasha's well, they're great, amping it up because now they're leading to an an uh, an all night long kind of match or whatever. Yeah, no, they're doing an uh, oh what um. Yeah, no, that's cool. An Iron Woman match. Iron Woman Sasha match. Thirty-minute Iron Woman match. Sa- Sasha did a really great one with Bailey. It was cool, but you know, uh, we don't need to see these two fight each other anymore. It. We don't need to run. No, no, clear, cl- Byron. Clearly, we need to go through every single gimmick match ever made with just these two women before yeah, but- that they ever <laughs> feud with anyone else. You got to get them all out of the way. They're they're going to have a Royal Rumble match that is just the two of them. <laughs> yeah and they're still gonna fight over who gets number one. Oh god but it's and, a- and then they're gonna recreate um you know sabu rob van dam and, and an extreme rules match money in the bank they're money gonna do their the own banks. money in the bank match yeah where yeah. it'll be a mommy and mommy in the bank something like that <laughs> did you know that sasha's married to a seamstress and it's a guy And he's a seamstress. Did I lose you? Are you frozen or am I frozen? One of us is frozen. I can't tell. Yeah, it's you. You're frozen again. What happened, Byron? Your internet shut you down. They're shutting me out now, too. Sons of Beatrice. Anyway, yeah, Sasha's married to a seamstress. I thought that that was very interesting. Apparently, he made her costumes for a long time. And I think he used to wrestle, too. Don't know much about the guy. I just thought it was funny. Um, the other... the other Oh, Alexa Bliss is a champion now, which I surprisingly feel like is a good thing. And I'd like to see where it goes for her. Um... I don't know. Oh, I lost Byron altogether now. Um, I'd like to see where it goes for her. I don't know what they can build angle-wise. Like, she's got some heat there. She, she's working the program with Becky Lynch, but now you're bringing in Natty and Bella. And I feel like, you know, keeping it with those four. And Carmella's, I guess, kind of in there, too. They need to, to hone in the program on SmackDown and figure out what the program's going to be. I instead of i feel like that's a little bit of shotgun approach still where they're trying to see what's going to stick they're throwing the belt on alexa see if that works like giving her the heel heat and let the face chase her which i do think is a better idea i think that becky is better in the chase than as a as a sitting champion i don't think she's going to get the same kind of pop that she would trying to chase down the belt um but we'll see and and i i'm still digging the wyatt thing I'm still, I'm not digging the Rollins thing now. I'm not feeling where the the stuff is going with him. And uh, I just don't know that, that they've got the title picture quite worked out. I kind of wish that Jericho had uh, won the U S title and turned it into the Canadian title or something. And then him and KO could feud over whose belt is better. Um, So we'll see. But the whole WWE picture right now, obviously, they're trying very quickly to test some things out, to smooth things out going into Royal Rumble so that they know that they're angles. They feel like they're writing to me. 
but that's a good thing and i think that can be exciting at times sometimes that's the best wrestling that you get is when you can tell that they're trying some things out and trying to make sure that their angles for what they're booking down the line are going to work because that to me is when the audience has the most say in the product is like right now dude show up at a wwe event and cheer for what you want because it might really make a difference right now and i don't think that that's always the case uh byron says he can't get back in but that's okay because I'm pretty much done. He's pretty much done because I say that he's pretty much done. You're pretty much done. Zero cool. I don't know if you're done, but I'm done. Um, <laughs> yeah, apparently Sasha being married to a seamstress killed Byron. He was like, I can't, that's it. I can't take it anymore. Um, but everybody who's in the chat watching live, thank you uh, for joining us. I know I'm cutting into some of you guys watching the West Coast feed. So, and if you're joining us later because you were watching the West Coast feed, I hope you enjoyed the show. Our show, their show, your show. Um, so, until next time, stay calm and stay in the mix. Bye.